Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. The Old Testament saints will be resurrected too. So now in the millennium we'll have the happy throng of all of redeemed mankind. The Old Testament believers who are looking forward to Christ's coming, believed in him. And then those who of us right now who have died in Christ, we will all be there together finally. And those who died in the tribulation period, they will all be together. for joining us. Our scripture today says, They lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. These saints reign with Jesus for the same period of time that Satan is bound, a thousand years. They administer the kingdom of Jesus Christ over the earth, reigning over those who pass from the earth of the great tribulation to the earth of the millennium. All those who overcome in Jesus will rule and reign with him. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he finalizes this part of chapter 20 in the book of Revelation. Glorious liberty of the children of God. There's going to be something very unique about this millennial reign. Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 11, he says, the wolf, the wolf, the wolf, (laughs) the wolf. (laughs) Notice, notice how unique this time is going to be. And this is what we've got to look forward to. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. These are natural predators. That's like you going out in Southern California as a surfer and you're out there on your surfboard and there's a school of great white sharks. They're each about 17 feet long and they're all females. They're very hungry. And you're sitting out there on your, on your surfboard and they're all surrounding you and they're just like coming by and you just tap their fin. They're like, oh, thanks, you know. That's the way it's going to be. The wolf shall lay down with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion with the fatling together. Are you kidding me? And a little child shall lead them. A cow and a bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child, check this out, shall play by the cobra's hole. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, speaking of Jesus Christ, spoken of us uh, um, earlier in the chapter, who shall stand as a banner to the people, for the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. What a glorious time we've got to look forward to. 
In Isaiah 35, beginning in verse 5, notice something else about this time. The eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped, the lame shall leap like a deer, the tongue of the dumb will sing, for water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Streams in the desert, the parched ground will become a pool, the thirsty land springs of water. A highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Now I'm just skipping down. Verse 9, it says, No lion shall be there, nor there any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall, be, it shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And notice, and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion, the king It'll come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Boy, that sounds like a relief, doesn't it? I am so looking forward to that day. A thousand years on this earth. And for all of you, or any of those listening, or, or hear this on the radio later on, uh, if you're concerned about climate change, and that in you know, 12 years, if we don't stop our, you know, we're going to be flooded, the earth is going to flood, it's going to be you know, a big mess. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about global warming. Don't worry about climate change. I can tell you that with all of heaven on my side because of what we're reading now. A thousand years on this planet, folks. That means if the rapture occurred right now, a thousand and seven years, this earth is going to be just fine. Thank you very much. Remember that. Remember that. God has it all under control. There's nothing you can do. I mean, obviously, we're going to be good stewards. We're not going to burn tires out in our front yard. And who would want to do that anyway? But for those who are worried about the spotted owl and worried about you know the this and that and the climate, no, we're going to die, and the earth, you know, the waters are rising, you know, inches every year, and we're going to die, and Manhattan's going to be flooded. Praise God. Anyway, um, no, there's good people in Manhattan. There's a few, but uh, sorry, that was judgmental on my part. Don't worry about those things. Don't worry about any of that. Don't worry. I won't go there. And there'll be relative peace. Relative peace. Because what does it say in Isaiah? The word, it says now, uh, the word that uh, Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and it shall be exalted above the hills and all nations will flow into it. It's going to be a time of peace. And notice down in verse 4 of that chapter, it says, God, as Jesus, is going to judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. They're not going to learn war anymore. It's going to be a time of peace. Devil is going to be locked up for a thousand years. But does that mean that this time is going to be a, 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 a total utopia completely? Not really. It's going to be better than anything we've experienced. And because we'll be in our new bodies, you and I are going to be experiencing something quite a bit different than some of the people who came into the or into the millennial reign. It's going to be better than anything we've seen. But it gets even better than that, because after the thousand years, we know that a new heavens and a new earth are created. But Jesus will have to rule with a rod of iron. We saw that in, in Psalm 2, right? He's going to rule and, and reign with a rod of iron. 
He has to because there will be rebellion. Even though Satan will be locked up in chains, the natural man, apart from God, apart from being born again, is a rebel. And he is going to uh, still resist, but it will be quelled quickly. And maybe that will be our job. Maybe that will be something that we will be doing in the millennial reign, in our new bodies, keeping order according to his mandate and what he wants. Maybe that will be our job. And also, there's going to be feasts that will be observed in this time. And this may surprise you too. Because even in the millennial reign, even though Christ was the perfect sacrifice, there is only one sacrifice that is now acceptable. There will actually be sacrifices and feasts that will go on into the millennial reign. In Zechariah chapter 14 it says, And it will come to pass that everyone who was left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem, so he's talking about the cleanup operation from, the, uh, from Armageddon, all the nations will come which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be no rain. If the family of Egypt will not come up and enter in, they will have no rain. They will receive the plague with which the Lord strikes the nations that do not come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. This is the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all the nations that do not come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. In that day, holiness to the Lord shall be engraved on the bells of the horses. Can you imagine seeing that and hearing that? On the bells of the horses... The pots in the Lord's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. In Ezekiel 45, it says this, that in the first month, on the first day of the month, he shall take a young bull without blemish and cleanse the sanctuary with with an animal sacrifice. So these sacrifices are going to happen. They're going to celebrate the Passover in the millennial reign, and Jesus is going to be fine with it. Because it's going to be in memorial. It's not that it needs to be done, but it's going to happen in memorial. And we will remember forever what he did for us. Because he is the Passover lamb. There will be never a time where we'll be like, I don't remember what happened. No, it's going to be the Passover they're going to celebrate. It says in verse 21, in the first month, on the 14th day of the month, you will observe the Passover, a feast of seven days. He goes on and talks about these sacrifices, of sacrificing the lamb. These things are going to continue in the millennial reign. Now, verse 3, back in our text, notice this angel, when he lassos the devil and he takes him and puts him in the pit, he's going to cast him into the bottomless pit and he's going to shut him up and he's going to set a seal upon him. A seal, the the Greek word is uh, sphragizo, it's the same seal that we get when we talk about a seal that a king would put on a letter that no one else could read under penalty of death. When uh, Uriah got the letter from David to give to Joab, that letter was sealed. Uriah wasn't supposed to open it up, and he didn't. He was a faithful man, and he gave it to Joab. Joab read the letter, and in the letter was put Uriah Uriah in the heat of the battle and and then retreat from him so that he dies. Sounds like a really great guy. Sounds like Uriah had more integrity than David at that point, didn't he? But that seal is something that is uh, uh, it's irrevocable. It's, it's, a, it's a very permanent seal. That's literally what it means. It's a seal that you and I have been placed upon us as 
the, uh, the seal of our redemption. In 2 Corinthians it says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us, and, and has anointed us as God, who also has sealed us unto, um, sealed unto us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee, as an earnest. A seal is something that when God saves you, when he sets his Spirit inside of you, takes up residence, he puts a, it's a seal. It can't be undone. Do you understand that? That's why we believe once you're saved, you are always saved. You may go through difficulty in life. You may even sin and make a mess of things. But if you confess your, your sin, God is going to forgive you. And guess what? You're going to glory. You're going to heaven. If you gave your heart to Christ, you are his. In Ephesians 1, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. When he puts the down payment in us, and then he says, I'm going to come back and redeem you unto myself at the rapture. And that's exactly what he does. He gives us a down payment, and then he comes back for us bodily, changes us, and takes us. I don't know about you. Is that exciting? To me, that's really exciting. Looking forward again to that day. It's the same seal that was placed upon those 144,000 Jews, preserved through the tribulation, that they would not be hurt. And it says in verse 3, But after this thing, after this, um, after the seal is put on him, that he should not, and here's the thing, that he should deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were finished. But notice, after these things, he must be released for a season must be released for a little season. Did you ever wonder why? Why not just be done with him, Lord? Why not just, when you threw the false prophet and the Antichrist, and the, why didn't you just do it then? I think there might be something to this. And again, this is just my, my own conjecture. The Bible doesn't tell us implicitly, could it be that God was going to prove to all that regardless of whether a person lives in a world where Satan is really the ruler or whether God is the ruler, Regardless of those two environments, man will always choose evil because at his heart is evil. So it has nothing to do with environment or, or um, uh, opportunity. God is going to prove to everyone once and for all, having locked Satan up for a thousand years, uh, that's all he'll need to do to prove this. He knows that, that man will still rebel. We still think that we won't. If God is on the throne, we'll be good people. Even, even the unregenerate will think to themselves at that time, if God's on the throne, we're going to be good angels. But the Bible says that in the root, the heart of man is deception. We're, we're bound with it. It's, it's part of our old nature. Because even though, even during the millennial reign, there will be uprisings from unregenerate man, And the only hope for man is to be born again, to be saved, to be saved. That's why Jesus will have to rule with a rod of iron, because man is rebellious. He's rebellious. His heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. Who can know it? The Bible says in the Psalms, there's no one good. There's none that that does good. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's none that do good. That's why we need to be born again. But notice in verse 4, it says, And I saw thrones and them that sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. And these thrones, we believe, could be the 24 elders. It could be the disciples themselves. We looked at these 24 elders in Revelation 4 and 5, these representatives of the church. 
So it could be these these, uh, 24 elders, and it also could be the disciples. What did Jesus say in Matthew to his disciples? Peter answered and said, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration, in other words, in the millennial reign, Peter, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones. And what are they going to be doing? Judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses and brothers or sisters for my sake will receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. In Luke 22, But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, he says to his disciples, just as my Father has bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my my kingdom. We're going to eat and drink at the table in a few minutes. And you're going to sit on the thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And then he says in verse 4 that he saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image. We looked at that in Revelation 13. They didn't receive the mark on their foreheads, but they died a martyr's death. Who are these people? It's none other than the tribulation saints. We know that's who they are. That's who they are. In fact, in Revelation 7 and verse 14, it says, uh, John answered, or asked his, um, or one of the elders answered and says, Who are these arrayed in white robes? And where did they come from? And John said to this angel, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are those who came out of great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The tribulation saints will receive their new bodies at the beginning of the millennial reign of Christ. And somewhere also in that time period, the Old Testament saints as well. You can read that in Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 and 13 specifically. The Old Testament saints will be resurrected too. So now in the millennium we'll have the happy throng of all of redeemed mankind, the Old Testament believers who are looking forward to Christ's coming, believed in him. And then those who of us right now who have died in Christ, we will all be there together finally. And those who died in the tribulation period, they will all be together. Verse 5, it says, But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. But the rest of the dead, now these are the wicked dead. Those who are righteous are going to live during the thousand years. But, and that's called the first resurrection. And there are many stages or phases of this first resurrection. We'll look at that in a few moments. But these these are believers in the millennium. But the rest of the dead did not live again until a thousand years were finished. That's what we would call the second resurrection, which is not a resurrection that you and I are going to be a part of. The second resurrection or the Time of condemnation is going to be when those who are raised, and we'll look at this next week, those, the wicked dead who have died without Christ, they will be raised with a new body and they will stand at the white throne judgment where they will be judged and sent to the lake of fire. They will have bodies that will be able to withstand the torment of the flame for eternity. But you and I will receive bodies that can withstand eternity, but we will stand in God's presence 
for eternity without sickness, without disease. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. Notice, first it's Jesus. He was the firstfruits of the resurrection, of the first resurrection. He was the firstfruits. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as all Adam, all in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, and then afterward those who are Christ at his coming. And so we see that there are at least three and maybe even four stages of this first resurrection. We already looked at um, some of them. Christ's resurrection, bodily, physically changed. That was the first. He was the first fruits. We know at the rapture of the church, we who are alive and remain, and the saints who die before us, they will be raised. That is another phase of the first resurrection. And then we'll see the resurrection of the tribulation saints that we're reading about right now, these ones that had been beheaded for the cause of Christ, that didn't take the mark of the beast. They are also going to be resurrected. And there'll probably be even another resurrection of mortal believers at the end of the millennium, whoever are alive at that point. And blessed and holy, verse 6, are those is he who has part in the first resurrection. And see, you and I, because we are a part of that number two there, when the rapture of the church occurs, you and I will be part of the first resurrection. We will be resurrected. And then later on, after the tribulation, those tribulation saints who died for the cause of Christ will be resurrected as well in new bodies, in new bodies, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection over such. The second death has no power. The second death. Because after the second resurrection, (laughs) the second resurrection, you won't find that phrase in the Bible, okay? I'm adding that phrase to it because when we think of the first resurrection, it includes really all the saints of, of all time. But the second resurrection is the time of condemnation, the rising to condemnation that Jesus spoke about in John 5. What did he say? He says, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, that is the first resurrection. That, That really includes all of those people. And then there's a thousand years. And then Jesus says after that, And those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Notice, a resurrection of condemnation. That means that when we look next week at the white throne judgment, that all the dead in Christ will be raised again and resurrected, and they will be judged, and then they will be sent to the lake of fire. That is not an easy thing to look at, is it? But that is the truth. That is the truth. Don't be upset with God if he seems like this mean, nasty, heavenly father. Again, he sends no one. You choose. Isn't that the most loving thing you can do? Is to give somebody a choice? Isn't that what love is? It's a choice, isn't it? I choose to love you. Even though you hurt me, I choose to love you. It's a choice. It's a determination. It's an act, isn't it? 
Love is an act, not just the physical part. That's every, anybody can do that. But real love is an act. It's an action. I choose to love you. I choose to obey. I choose to stay in this. That's what love is. And that's the, that's the decision that God has given to every living person. Choose life or death. Make your decision. Make your election and your, your calling and your election sure. It's so important that we do that, folks. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.